Hi, my name is Brandon Smith. I'm the Chief Development Officer at Grid Metals Corp. We're a lithium development story in Manitoba, Canada. And the differentiator for us is we have 2 million options within trucking distance of our deposit. Brandon, good to meet you. Nice to meet you. You're relatively new to the team, right? When did, when did you join? Yeah, I am. I joined in May of this year. Right. Okay. And where from? Uh, so I worked at Cormark Securities as a lead analyst covering uh, battery metal developers for okay. research. Oh, fantastic. Okay. And what made you uh, jump ship and come into this vehicle? Yeah. So at Cormark, I had met a number of companies and there, this there's a bit, you know, Grid's unique in a sense where we don't have to build a greenfield concentrator to get into production. We have a producing mine 35 kilometers away and then another mill option, which we're going to reconfigure to produce spodumene. So we don't have to spend, you know, two, 300 million bucks to get into production. So it's a bit unique and, you know, there's a pathway to actually get there in a pretty short period of time. Right. So with your analyst hat on, you know, that was a big deal for you. So yeah. it, clearly money can, money costs money um, and it can be subterminal for the economics of some some projects. So when you're looking at this, I mean, just, just get into the weeds a little bit more around around the kind of what, what the typical costs are versus what you're looking at on, and it's true north. Uh, True, mill, right? correct. Yeah, uh, around fifty million market. What's the difference between a three hundred million and a fifty million cost? Yeah, so yeah, fifty million Canadians, the capex there to reconfigure it. Yeah, uh, that includes a thirty percent contingency as well. So it's you know it's reasonably conservative, and you know that number from an equity dilution perspective versus two to three hundred million bucks, it makes a big difference when you're going to finance that. In Canada as well, you can get a lot of government funding, so we're going to look to leverage all of that, but. Our goal is get into production and do it in the most shareholder-friendly manner. Right. Okay. And just remind the audience that there's new people as well listening in here. Trina, do you own that outright at the moment as just a kind of a refurb job? So currently we're leasing it. It's a right. seven-year lease and we have to refurbish it. Like like you mentioned, it was a gold mill. It does have a flotation circuit. So for listeners out there, for spodge, you mean you can either do DMS or flotation. Our stuff's more amenable to flotation. So it just... It's a bit fortuitous. It's, it's very close and you can use the bones of the mill. You have to add a few things for spodumene concentrate, um, but the bones are there. And so it's uh, it's a really unique opportunity for us. Right. What happens at the end of the seven year lease so at the, end of the at the end of the seven years, we can mutually extend it. But, you know, before we reach final investment decision, our goal would be to, you know, potentially look to lock that in longer or do something about it to make sure we have it for prolonging the seven years. Right. Okay. So that's that's one option. The second is of toll milling, which yep. have you got any agreements in place there in terms of understanding the economics? Uh, yeah. So at Tanko, which most people don't know, it's one of two lithium producers in Canada. Sion is North American, lithium is the other. Uh, but yeah, they're 35 kilometers south of us. And for that agreement, it's a 50-50 profit share. We have an MOU in place, a memorandum of understanding. So we're still in discussions to figure that out. But with the 50-50 profit share, the the economics are a lot better at True North. So so that's our focus, but we're still in active discussion with Tanko to figure out if we can do something there. Right. And would, would that be a case of like going early with the Tanko stuff just to kind of get some revenue flowing, or would you wait till the refurb is done at uh, True North? Yeah. So that that's, you know, one of the options we're considering if we can leverage Tanko before True North is up and running. You know, the timeline of production or timeline to get per the timelines to get permits in Manitoba are super expedited versus other provinces. Yeah. And there is a there is a precedent in the province for kind of what we're doing. So, you know, it depending on when we get the mining permit, Tanko might be 
a viable option slightly before True North. So okay. we're weighing all the options right now, but uh, that's kind of how we're thinking about it. Okay, so that'll be interesting to see when you weight up the options where, where, where you go. But great optionality for for sure, and that's very unusual. Yeah. Because we're seeing a lot of lithium stories come through the door, right? A lot. Guys, a bit like stuff, you know, you've moved from, you know, different commodities and, and, and to lithium and we're seeing, you know, gold, you know, nickel guys become lithium. It's of the moment. Lithium pegmatized, great phrase. But you've got to understand, or it's the companies and coming on the company to help people understand, will this thing ever become a viable economic resource yeah. which you can then get into production, or is it just a story for here and now, Yeah, a momentum play? I mean, are you seeing a lot of that? Yeah, I know 100%. It's, you know, well, the last couple of months have been pretty rough for all markets, unless you're in uranium. But yeah, a lot of people have moved into lithium, you know, where we... The differentiate for us is those brownfield processing options. And like we do have a 43-101 resource, seven, yeah. close to 7 million tons at 1.39%. So, you know, very good grade. And we don't need 20 million tons to have a viable the project, viable project because we do have those processing options. If you're kind of in the middle of nowhere, I would say you need at least 20 million tons at 1% to, yeah. for it to be potentially viable. But our, our hurdle rate is a lot lower. Yeah, for, for, for sure. And I was going to look at, going to talk to you about that. The grades are good, right? You've got good grades. I and mean, yeah. compared to every other kind of story that's going to come through, good grades. Um, the scale of this thing, I, I get the economics with the mill options and so forth, six million, you know, it, 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 it was seven, nearly seven million is, um, is economic and viable. But do you think that in terms of scaling this thing up and showing the potential of this thing, is that important now in a market where money is expensive and tight? Um, and quite frankly, in a, in a meaningful way, not a lot of people care right now. You yeah. see the equities are being crushed, right? Yeah. Or do you do you do you wait, or do you get on with it and prove that scale? What's important for you've got you're you're a former analyst, right? So if you're looking in at this thing, what's the important things to spend your money and and, and time on? Yeah. So for us now, it's just to slow to prove to the market we can get into production fast. Like our goal is 2025, and I get how we get there is. The goal is the end of Q1 next year to have a PA out. Yep. We have the milling side with um, the True North Mill, that scoping study is PA level accuracy. Yeah. Yep. Got to do the mine plan and then you marry them together. So I have a PA to kind of show the market what we're talking about here right now. You know, it's hard for people to probably understand what the economics are of what we're doing, but we think where they're going to look very robust. And then post, you know, we do want to show the market there is more than the 7 million tons on our on our project right. at depth it you know it's actually the main dike which is one of the two dikes that make up the deposit it's actually getting thicker and better grade at depth so right. you know we, we hope to put a few holes deep this this winter just to prove this thing keeps going so it's not going to have an eight-year mine life it's going to be 10 12 plus that's i think both parts are important but like you said right now it's tough because no one really cares unless you're hitting 100 meter intercepts of you know, 1% plus, no one seems to really care about anything. But yeah. that at some point, you know, you can have viable projects with significantly less width and the market hopefully realizes that at some point. Okay, it'd be, I think what kind of factor for me that I've been interested in seeing is um, the lease extension negotiations. If you're keeping it at seven years, I'm going to assume seven years life of mine, right? If you negotiate much further out, then that's kind of indicative of what you th the potential of what you think you've got there. So that that's one point. The flotation simplicity of it is also quite interesting. And then feeding on to, can you build off the back of a PEA? Some people have done it. I don't like it, 
because it's been verbally falls over, but some it works for some if there's the simplicity of the processing through the concentrate, and you've already got the infrastructure there, which has been working in the past, and it's just a refurb trip. So, yeah. do you? How do you feel about that? Again, with analyst hat on, how do you? How do you view? Yeah. So what we're this winter, we also plan to infill drill daughter to upgrade the uh, the resource to indicated. And so what we want to do is, you know, PA by. Q1 of next year, yep. and then go right into fees level work. Right, we okay. already have, you know, using Primero Engineering, we have a sense of the cost to do that. You know, if fees is done a year later, um, they 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 think that's likely, you know, on the mining side, it's a simple open pit to start, then you go underground. So, you know, by early 2025, we have a fees done, and then you're making your final investment decision on the True North Mill. In terms of actually getting permits for all this, it's pretty expedited to to re to to change that gold the mill from gold to spodumene, you have to do a notice of alteration, and effectively, you know, pegmatites are super inert, so the stuff going into tailings is is there's no nasties in it, so yeah. we don't think there should be any issues there. And on the mining permit side, there is a precedent in Manitoba. It was called the Reed Mine. It was owned by HUD Bay and VMS. Mm-hmm. It went from maiden resource to receipt of mining permit in two and a half years. So that timeline is unheard of in other provinces. So if you kind of put that timeline on our Donner Lake project, we're going to submit our mining permit mid next year, yeah. kind of nine months later in early 2025, we have a mining permit. So that's how we get to production in 2025. That w- Which again, as a key differentiator. If you, now the, the interesting thing is you're a $20 million company. So yeah. some, some people are not getting this. I don't know if it's existing shareholders not recognizing that you've moved over to lithium or the fact there's so many lithium stories out there and they, they, they all appear to be saying the same thing. Yeah. It's, it's hard to stand out. It, again, I'm going to stick with this analyst hat on. Before you get completely embedded and you, you become, you know, you're drinking the Kool-Aid stuff. It's like with your analyst hat on, if you're looking at these kind of key points of differentiation that you pointed out today, is that at, what's the most important one? Is it speed to production? Is that the kind of the real big thing here? Yeah, I, I think it's speed to production and leveraging infrastructure. A lot of people for lithium, you know, you're producing tons of output. So it's not, you're not producing dory bars, you're producing, mm. you know, it's a bulk commodity. So yeah. being close to infrastructure is actually super, super critical. And speed to market, in my view, is you have a market growing at 20, 30%. At some points, there's going to be supply demand dislocation. So, mm. you know, right now we're obviously seeing supply a bit Bit, a bit ahead of demand and price is taking a big hit in the past year. Yeah. But you could easily go the other way if things are delayed coming online and you can get crazy price spikes in a market growing that fast from a small base. So yeah. if you are in production, then you can capitalize on, you know, extremely good economics for however short they are. But you can run the numbers on, you know, we've put out 75,000 ton a year mm. of production from True North. And you add a couple thousand dollars per ton to the spodumene price, which is where it was six months ago, and do that on seventy-five thousand tons. It's it's a big number. Yeah, it's a big number. And actually, they, obviously, last year was sort of he's spikes. Yeah, I mean, just crazy. like crazy numbers, yeah, it was right? Too high. Yeah, it's way too high. I mean, sitting. Which, where would you agree? It, it, if it settled around four or five, we're we're in a good place, right? People, you're making money at that level, and more importantly, as a business. As I like to say, I think we're talking just before the camera started rolling. I say, I, I kind of like, I'm a bit old school. I like companies that make cash. Those ones work for me. The the, the, the potential of cash is not, not enough. Yeah. Cash is better. So, yeah. so coming back to that, 
being able to take advantage of a, um, I guess, a more steady, accretive growing lithium market into that demand is, yep. is important. The Canadian government, really, really good at the moment in terms of offering credit, tax credits, uh, incentives, and even funding in places. Yeah. Um, are you going to be able to take advantage of some of that either at the provincial or federal level? Yeah, no, 100%. We've already started looking into that. So on the federal level, the 30% investment tax credit, we would qualify there. So, mm. you know, there's kind of 30% of your CapEx. The Strategic Innovation Fund, we've had preliminary discussions to discuss about the refurbishment of the True North Mill. And, you know, you know, it looks like it could qualify. So there's some more potential money from the government. They do have some infrastructure programs, which we're looking into as well. So all in all, you can get a good chunk from the government. And then, you know, you need a bit of equity. And if you have like, say, a, a strategic in there with offtake or mm-hmm. prepayment, you can do this and not, you know, raise a massive amount of shares right. to actually get into production. Okay. That, yeah. That's where I was going here. It's like, how do you find, finance this thing off, yeah. off the, of a low base where yeah. you're at now, right? Um, and, and I guess the okay, the story for me is much clearer. And it looks like this thing is pretty darn close. It's kind of primed. Um, what do you think of the moments that shareholders or people looking into the story should be looking at over the next, say, 12, 18 months? Obviously, you talked about, you know, FID and PEAs, et cetera. Yeah. But if you laid that out, what does that look like? Yeah, so I think this winter we want to drill Donner Lake where our resource is. So do some infill. The, between the dikes, there's a kilometer gap, and there's potentials for parallel dikes in there. So you know, do a bit of exploration drilling there. Put a few deeper holes in, and then Falcon West, which you haven't talked about, is our other lithium project. But it has a historical uh, quarter million ton resource of one point seven percent. So obviously too small right now, but there's clearly lithium there and something going on. So. With a maiden program, we want to figure out exactly what we have there. So I think, you know, right now the market doesn't seem to care about drilling, but, you know, that could move the needle a bit for the economics at Donner or proving out that maybe we have something at Falcon. That's mm. for, that's definitely trucking distance to Tanko as well. Uh, and then the next catalyst would be the PA at yeah. the end of Q1. So I think actually wrapping economics around what we have is important because no one else is really doing a reconfiguration. No one else is using a brownfield site. So to actually yep. get that in the market's hand and show CapEx is low, but the economics, the MPV8 are still very robust, I think is is definitely going to help. And then, so that's the, those are the two things I see that could move the needle in the next kind of three to four months. Brilliant. Good, man. Good story. Good to meet you. Cool. Nice and, to meet you. Uh, nice to see the company. Can I, I say going through the phases now. It's yeah. Nice. Appreciate it. Cheers.